The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. If you would, this morning, turn to Psalms chapter 1. And we're going to talk this morning about how you can have heavenly happiness. Are you happy? Amen. I am sometimes. Uh, and uh, Psalms 1 reminds us that God wants to give us more happiness in life. And uh, we, uh, we have a plan, and God's Word covers everything we need. And sometimes when we lose that uh, ideal of happiness, I think <clears throat> it'd be good for us to go back and look at uh, the first book in Psalms, because it gives us a recipe, so to speak, for heavenly happiness. And our problem, or my problem sometimes, is I want the, uh, I want the fruits without uh, the labors. Y'all ever, uh, y'all ever want that? Uh, if you have a garden this morning, I've heard a couple of people talking about, oh my goodness, I've worked in the garden and uh, all the work and all the labor, and uh, Denise has been canning stuff for the last uh, several uh, weeks and months, and uh, it's a lot of work. And boy, I have labored in our garden, amen. As that was directing that towards you. <clears throat> She's thinking about that, but I want the uh, I want the jam and the pickles and the tomatoes and all of that uh, in November, but to get there, we have to work sometimes. And uh, to have a, a harvest of any kind, it takes a little work. And you know, when it comes to heavenly happiness, we all want to be happy. And, uh, but... God says, hey, here's some ways we can be happy. And, and uh, it's real simple, and He lays them out here in Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this law he meditates day and night, and he's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in seasons, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does, he prospers. Not so with the wicked, for they're like chaff, and the wind blows it away. Therefore the wicked shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. When we read this passage of Scripture here, uh, there's some ideals about heavenly happiness. Now the, the book of Psalms begins here with the word blessed. Or we might use the word happy there, and that's actually how it's translated in the in the original term, and and it's translated this way, not singular, but plural. So when we read this, it could be really translated this way, oh the blessednesses of the man are happy, happy, happy is the man, or oh the happinesses of the man. God does not dole out His blessings one at a time, but He pours them out in plural. That's what we read when we read the book of Psalms here. So that's something to be happy about today, to understand that, that God wants to, to bless us, and it's not a one-time thing. It's not a, uh, just a, a, a flash in the pan, so to speak, but it's something that's ongoing that God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour out these things. Satan would have us think that uh, as Christians and we come to church, we're supposed to be saved and long-faced because of all the things we're going to miss out and all the things we can't do. But the truth is, God is just the opposite. He says, I want to 
pour out my blessings upon you. I, I want you to be happy. And I use that happy, happy, happy. If you watch Duck Dynasty, you know that's what Phil always says. He says, I'm happy, happy, happy. And, and that's literally what this word means. It, it means an abundance, a pluralness of happiness. So when we read this, happy, happy, happy is the man, or blessed is the man, or all oh, the blessednesses of the man, or all oh, the happinesses of a man, however you want to phrase that. The book, the psalmist says, here they are. Here's the happiness we find. And, and he follows through with these next few points I want us to look at this morning. The first thing he says here is happy or blessed is the man who follows the right path. Now this morning, if you say, well, I want some of that happiness, I want to, I want to experience that, and, and, uh, and how do I get that, then, then let's just look at the psalmist. He says we need to follow the right path and, and avoid the wrong path. And look, this is where it says in verse 1, Blessed is the man, or happy is the man, who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. We are blessed and happy when we don't, Heading that wrong direction when we go on the right path. Now, as I was studying this, I began to look at those three things. And, and what we see here is, is we start down the path of sin. It's a dangerous path. And, and it gets worse and it progresses and it, it slowly gets uh, 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 worse as we, as we begin to move and, and begin to walk into sin. Now, the first thing it says here is the ungodly. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's the first step. And, and the sad thing is, I've tried this before, and I've been here before. And, and I imagine some more of us have been here before. In other words, that ungodly means simply leaving God out of your life. You, you begin to live by your own rules. So, so you're, you're desiring happiness... But, but you begin down this path of, you know what, I'm going to follow my own rules, and I'm going to do it my own way, and I, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do those things. So that's kind of where it starts. That's kind of where the psalmist says we begin to lose some happiness. <clears throat> then the second thing he says here, he talks about the sinners, and that, that's simply disobeying God, not once, not, not accidentally, but just habitually. In other words, we start that ideal of I'm gonna, I'm gonna start down this road of my own path and then, then I'm gonna quit obeying God. And, and I didn't mess up. I didn't just trip up, but, but habitually, I, I'm, I'm walking that way. I'm, I'm living that way daily. And then it, it moves to this next step. So we have, First, you're, you're there in the, the, the council of the ungodly. You begin to talk. You begin to follow your own rules. You begin to have conversations and looking for directions that, that's outside of God's Word. And we're going to include God's Word here in just a moment. But you start that path, and then as you have those conversations, as you begin to go that on direction, then, then you begin to walk that way, and you begin to develop a habit of walking that way. And all of a sudden, you move into the seat of the mockers or the scorners. Now, when I think about this, I think about, you remember Peter when Christ was on the cross? Uh, it, if you read that whole story, you kind of see this happening in Peter's life. He's kind of standing off to the side. And, and people begin to question him and begin to have these conversations with him. And, and he begins to deny Christ. And then, then uh, as that goes on, he, he begins to habitually deny Christ. You know, three times he denies Christ. And then as that moves on, where do we find him? We find him standing around the fire of those who are 
who are crucifying Christ. See, he just moved into that comfort zone. He began to warm himself by their fire. He began to be in the group. And when you read that, it actually says, as he was there among them, someone in the crowd recognized him. So, so we see that, that progression and, and that, that scornful or those mockers. That's someone who's proud, who's self-sufficient. He's mocking God and anyone who believes in God. So all of a sudden, you started that first step of taking this unwise counsel, this ungodly counsel, and you begin to, to habitually follow that, and you begin to eventually live that way. And before you know it, you're, you're self-sufficient. You've, you've decided, you know what, I, I'm not sure I really need God anymore. And the psalmist is saying, blessed is the man who does not fall into that, who does not follow those things, but happy is the man who, who walks not in the counsel of ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So that right path, it leads to joy. Now, as I said to begin with, sometimes we want the fruit without the labor. So, so we want to have that heavenly happiness, that heavenly joy, but we want to be involved in this. The psalmist makes it real clear, you know, there's, there's, there's a wrong path, and that wrong path, it leads to a worthless life there in verse 4. The ungodly are like chaff which blows in the wind, or which, which the wind blows away. It's, it's not a part of the good grain, but it's the trash that gets blown away. Now, some of you can probably correct this, correct me on this, but when you look in a wheat field and there's chaff in there, can you tell by looking at the difference? Somebody that knows that, can you tell what the chaff is just gazing out there? Some of y'all know it. You can't tell the difference. That's what I thought. Just from a distance, you look, it all looks like wheat. Well, during this time, what happened was when it went to the, to the, the threshing floor, they had winnowing forks, and, and what they would do, they would, they would set up in what we'd call a dog run, kind of. And, and they would take these forks, and they would put it in the wheat, and they would just throw it up in the air. And because that dog run always had wind blowing through it, well, the wheat is heavier, so as they threw it all up in the air, the wheat would fall, and the chaff would be blown out because there was nothing to it. It was just an emptiness. So as the psalmist is writing this, and he's talking about this wrong path, the ungodly are like that chaff. When, when there's a storm, when the winds come, they're blown away. There's nothing that holds them there. So as the psalmist is explaining, we want to have this heavenly happiness. When we follow that wrong path, we become like chaff, which the wind blows away. Verse 5 tell us that, tells us that the wrong path leads to a, a weak life. It leads to a weakness in our life and it says that, that we can't stand the judgment and we can't uh, have the strength to stand during those times. So I think what God's wanting us to understand through this is, is we, need to we need to choose the right path. If we want heavenly happiness, God has a, a plan for us. He has a path for us. Verse 6 says this, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. That, that word perish is an interesting word. It means this, to wander away or to go astray or to be destroyed or lost forever. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big word that has a lot of meanings. The, the, the way of the ungodly, they begin to wander away. They begin to go astray. And that path which leads to death. 
So we're thinking about godly happiness. We all desire to have that godly happiness, and, and God desires to give it to us. But he says there's some, there's some terms here that will help you receive that happy, happy happiness that I want you to have. And that's not to walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Here's the good news today. If you would say, well, I've, I've done that and I've, I've messed up, God still wants to give you that blessing that He has for you. He still wants to, to ha- help you turn your life around. In 2 Peter 3.9, the, the Bible says, The Lord is not slack in keeping His promise, as some would consider slackness. He, he, the word He uses is He's long-suffering, and that word really means patient. Aren't you glad we got a patient God? You know, when we mess up and we fail, we have a patient God. And the Bible says, Peter says, hey, we have a patient God, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life, that all should come to repentance. So, so as we begin to look at this, the, the psalmist says, hey, there's a, there's a blessing out there. There's a happiness that God wants to give you. And, and we need to get that through following the right path. Now, here's the second thing. We need to have the right pleasures. We need to take the right pleasures. What he's talking about is happy, happy, happy is the man. And let's, look what it says. Whose delight is in the law of the Lord. What delights you? What gives you pleasure? Now, this morning, and I'm convinced that the reason a lot of people not, are not sure about heaven is we have a picture of heaven that's been a long service just like this. I mean, somebody's up there preaching, we're up there reading the Word, and oh, how long could that be for all eternity? That's nothing like heaven. That's nothing like what heaven will be. But as long as we're on this side of heaven, we have a note, a love letter from God. And in that love letter from God, he says, hey, I love you. I gave my life for you. And, and oh, by the way, here's how to get the most out of life. Here's how to be the happiest out of life. Here's how to get my blessings out of life. And as we read this, and, and if we think about that letter, if you've got letters from your, from your loved ones, and they may be stuck in a shoebox somewhere or a cigar box somewhere, and you go and you get them out and you read them occasionally, or maybe when you got them for, for years, you just read them and read them and read them. That's what God's Word is. And the psalmist says, happy is the person who finds delight in the words of the Lord. In Psalms 19, 7 and 8, it says, The law of the Lord is therefore perfect, converting the souls. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, and they're rejoicing in the heart. And the commandment of the Lord is pure, and it enlightens the eyes. When we begin to understand, that's what God has for us, and that's what His Word does for us. Man, when you get up and you're having a gray day or things aren't going the way you think they ought to, find some pleasures in the Word of the Lord. Find some promises and some, something that, that God says, hey, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be happy. I want you to understand I never leave you. I never abandon you. I never forsake you. And that's why we need to understand what God's Word is because when we find ourselves in those difficult situations, God says, you know what? I have the remedy for that. And we can go and we can find the light in the words of the Lord. So the right pleasures. Here's the third thing. We need to make the right pursuits. We need to make the right pursuits. Look at verse 2. It tells us that blesses the man intentionally and constantly who pursues the Word of God and he meditates on God's Word 
day and night. You know, I read this story about over in Africa, and there was, there was some, some kids playing marbles. There's a bunch of people here that don't know what marbles are, probably. And they, you may know what marbles are, but you might know how, not know how to play marbles. So I'll just give you a quick, a quick rundown. You draw a circle in the dirt, and you had, a mar- you had your bag of marbles, and everyone had some marbles in there, and you took your marble and you put it on your, your finger right here, and you shot it in there, and you tried to knock somebody else's marble out of the circle. If you knock somebody else's marble out of the circle, it became your marble. So that's what you wanted to do. You wanted to, you wanted to knock the, the circles, the marbles out of the circle, and you'd gather up all your marbles at the end of the game. Well, this missionary said he, was, he saw some little boys in Africa, and they were wanting some glass marbles. That's what marbles are mostly made out of, just glass. But they didn't have any glass marbles, so they were simply playing with some rocks. And the whole time they were playing, they were saying, oh, I wish we had some glass marbles. I, I wish we had some glass marbles. And as the missionary began to inspect a little closer, he realized they were playing with diamonds. <laughs> if you've ever seen a raw diamond, it's just a rock until they begin to polish and they begin to cut it. And, and here he, the illustration he used with this, here are these guys, and they're wanting glass when they have diamonds. And when we think about God's Word, there it is. Sometimes we're happy with glass and we're happy with just making the status quo when God says, you know what, I have a diamond for you and I've placed it in your hand. That's God's Word and and that's the right pleasure and that's the right pursuit. The man who meditates on God's Word day and night. God told Joshua the same thing. When Joshua began to move God's people into the promised land, listen to what he says to them in Joshua 1.8. The book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according what has been written in it. For then you will make your way, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good successes. Do you see that promise there? I mean, we want that happiness. God says, take my word, and through my word, you're going, to, you're going to be prosperous. And through my word, you're going to find great success when we have His word, when we meditate on His word. And, and that's not talking about some mindless repetition that you find over in Eastern mysticism. That's, that's not the kind of meditating it's talking about here. It's talking about letting God's word touch your lips and your mind so that, so that it touches your heart and your actions. When we begin the day with God's Word and we begin to think about what God is saying to me, what's He speaking to me, and then it begins to affect our heart and it begins to affect our actions, that's when we see a change. That's when we see a difference in what God has planned for us. There's a pastor named Herb Miller. He he talked about a story many years ago. There was a trial and in this courthouse in this tiny little town, they had lost their Bible. They said, we can't find our Bible and, and uh, we have to use it to swear in our, our witnesses. And the judge said, well, go over and get Ed. Ed's a man of Christian faith. He, he's been a Christian longer than anybody I can remember. And, and uh, he's what a believer ought to be. The judge called Ed in and said, Ed, you've, you've communicated more of the Bible to people than, than anyone in this town that we know of. You know more of the Bible than anybody in this town in, uh, that we know of. And you're going to make a good substitute. He actually had the witness place his hand on Ed's head. And he swore him in. 
by would you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, with his hand on Ed's head. Now that's somebody that knows the Bible. That's somebody that's committed to the Bible. And that's something that was told to be true. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but is our delight in the law of the Lord, is our delight in the Word of God? R.A. Torrey, you've probably heard of him. He's one of the greatest preachers of all times. He says, anyone who wishes to obtain and maintain fullness in the power of Christ, his life and his service must feed continually on the Word of God. Another great preacher, Charles Spurgeon, said, a Bible which is falling apart usually belongs to someone who's not. We take God's Word and and we want heavenly happiness. We need to spend some time in God's Word. We need to have the right path, the right pleasure. We need to pursue the Word of God. But also, here's my last two things. We need to allow God to plant us. Verse 3, happy, happy is the man. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season whose leaf shall not wither. You know what? God wants to plant you in just the right place. And if we'll allow God to plant us in the right place, look at what He says He's going to give us. He's going to give us waters, living waters. God reminds us that that He has a plan for our lives. And, and when we allow God to plant us, wherever we are, and, and I had a guy that I knew that used to say, bloom wherever you're planted. Wherever God has you, bloom there. Because God has planted you there, and, and He wants to provide for our needs. And, and in this, He says, I'm going to give you these living waters. And He doesn't say one water. He says rivers or, or plural, many waters. He says this, your leaf will not wither. Now, I thought that was a little interesting. Now, I thought that was something that kind of was unusual because let me tell you something about leaves. They're going to wither. And you don't have to wait till fall for them to wither, do you? If you want to drive down my road and, and, and head down this way and there's trees all over the road, all summer long, there are going to be leaves dropping off those trees. They're going, to, they're going to dry up. They're going to wither. They're going to fall. I mean, the heat's going to come. The wind's going to come. And, and a bunch of those leaves are going to wither up and they're going to fall. But look what God says about us. Happy is the man who, who has been planted where God would want to plant him. And he's been watered by the rivers of water that God has provided. And he's going to bring forth fruit in its season and his leaf shall not wither. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? To think about what God is really saying to that. We're not, when we're planted by the living waters that God is using and He's feeding us and he's, we're bringing forth fruit for Him, we're not going to wither. We're not going to dry up. We're not going to burn up and burn out. And you know what? When we get burn up and burn out, what happens? We lose our happiness, don't we? We, we become downcast, and, and the psalmist says, Hey, bloom where you're planted. Blessed is the man who's planted by the rivers of water, who brings forth fruit in seasons, whose leaf will not wither. Another one of our psalms puts it this way in Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. You know, it's getting hot. And it's nice to get up in the morning and sit in the shade of a tree or sit in the the shade of your porch. But listen to what this says. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my fortress, He is my God, and in Him I trust. And surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perils of pestilence. Listen to this. And He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you'll take refuge, and His truth shall be your shield and shall be your buckle. When you let the Lord plant your life, He provides for you. He protects you. He gives you what you need during hard times, during difficult times. He shades you. He waters you. He feeds you. And through all that, you're producing fruit. Blessed is the man who's planted by the rivers of of water that brings forth their fruits in season, whose leaf shall not wither. I want to read you something right quick. I've got about 10, a little over 10 minutes. Y'all remember Glean Lapatis? He was a guy that came from the Philippines. He was here nearly a year ago. He's going to be back towards the end of July. If y'all know what's going on in the Philippines, there's a, there's a kind of a war going on over there. And, of course, with ISIS, that's who is in war there. I want, to, I want you to listen to some of the words. He, he texts me pretty, or sends emails pretty often. Back in May, he said, so far, there's been close to 200 dead, and many are still unrecovered. About 140,000 people have been affected. 3,000 were trapped in the middle of the raging war. I'm not going to read all of this. Please pray for my continued... Please continue to pray for my family and my loved ones that they can move around for some of their jobs have been paralyzed. Thank you for your prayers. Glean. Then a little bit later, he sends another. My family and friends are in Midlano. They're safe now. Praise God for his protection. Our prayers will be the difference. A little bit later, today, 37 people cured in the killed in resort hotel world. ISIS are scattered throughout the Philippines. According to Intel, they've uh, put themselves in homes with citizens and, vo- and to avoid detection. Please avoid uh, crowded places. Americans are asked to stay out uh, for precautionary re- measures. But let the Lord reign. I'm in the grip of His grace. Pastor Larry and Jake, and my family. Continue prayers are much needed for our country. There's been 300,000 people displaced. He goes on. We're on very high red alert. ISIS is camouflaged. Uh, resort world incidents has left 38 ple- uh, dead. Please do in prayer. Thank you for your prayers, Brother Glean. There's one more I want to read you. I have a bunch here. He says, there's a lot of things that go before this, but he said, uh, the ISIS is regrouping themselves to pursue their terror and demonic acts to this day. In the presence of the public, this is the problem that escalates and the Philippines are in danger of civil war. We don't want this to happen. Listen, I ask myself, as a body of Christ in the Philippines, what can we do? What can we do and how can we continue and my only hope is God and nothing else. You know what? That, that guy right there, he, he's living. He's, he's a brother in Christ, and he's living in peril. But, but see what he says over and over again? He's been planted where God has planted him. And he's given the glory to God. And, and we read this, someone who's planted by the rivers of water that bring forth their fruit in season, whose leaf is not withering. I have a, a 
15 or 20 emails from him, and in every one of them, as the war worsens, more and more you hear, glory to God, standing for God in the grip of His grace, over and over and over, he realized that God has a plan for him. Even in the midst of a war, God has a plan for him, for his family. When we begin to read that, and we begin to put uh, legs behind that, bloom where you're planted. God wants to plant you. He wants to bless you by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in his season, and whose leaf shall not wither. And here's the last thing this morning. Trust God to prosper you. Again in verse 3, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season, where its leaf does not wither. And listen to this. And whatever he does, he shall prosper. That word prosper, it's a picture of pushing forward, breaking through into something Rushing forward, advancing, and making progress. We think, of, we think of prospering in many ways, but you know what? To have spiritual success in life, to have God give us and for us to prosper in Him, He says these things. You know, we can trust the Lord to give us successes. When it seems that we're dismayed or when it seems like there's no future, God has amazing things for us and He goes to great lengths. To, to bless us. I want, to, I, want to, I want you to hear this one thing, and this is where I want to close this morning. This is a true story. You know, we have the Gideons. They come out and they uh, tell us some stories occasionally, and we give a donation to the Gideons for the Bibles. But there's a man named Rudy Schroeder. He tells about a Christian dad who had a terrible burden for his son's salvation says his dad had a habit of reading a Gideon Bibles in hotel rooms where he stayed on business trips. One night he stayed in the Regal Windsor Hotel in Montreal, Canada. And that night his dad felt moved by God to write spiritual thoughts in the margin of the Gideon Bible. He wrote about his great concern for his son's salvation. Then the dad knelt by his bed and prayed. Three years later, his son visited Montreal. Y'all know where we're headed now, don't you? He stayed in the same, mo- or the same hotel that night. Uh, he was depressed and did something he had never done. He picked up the Gideon Bible that night on the table. He started to leaf through the pages when he saw his father's notes. He recognized his dad's handwriting. When he saw the outpouring of his father's heart for his salvation, the, he was so moved that he knelt down beside the bed and prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. That's what we see when God says, you know, through our works, we will prosper. We'll prosper. It may not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It may be some work down the road. But you know what? When we find our happiness in God, he says, I'm going to prosper you. Here it is, happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinner, nor sits in the seat of scornful. That's number one. But his delights in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. That's number two. And here's the blessing. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters, rivers of water that bring forth its fruit and seasons, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. Father, I pray this morning, as we consider your word and we consider your promises, Lord, I pray that we would just know that, that happy, 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 happy and blessed, all oh, the blessednesses of 
the man who's, who follows you, Father. Lord, I pray that we would know that you've laid out the directions. You've given us some ideals of how to move forward. And, and Lord, I pray that we'd be about your happiness and heavenly happiness. Lord, we're happy today uh, to be in this place, to be in your presence. And, Lord, I pray that when those tough times comes, we would turn to your word. And in your word, we would find a path back to the happiness and the blessings that you desire for us. Lord, I thank you that you give us a promise that when we're in you, when we're blooming where we're planted, when we're serving you, even during the difficult times and the difficult years, that you have a plan and you have a plan that we would prosper in you. Father, this morning I pray, Lord, as we have a time of invitation, Lord, if you have someone that you need to plant in this church, Lord, and, and to be part of this, this fellowship, I pray that your spirit would move and open that door today, Father. Lord, if there's areas in our life this morning, we need to commit to you. We need to let go and say, you know what, I've, I've tried my own way. I've sat down in the seat of, uh, of sin. I've begun to be prideful and think I can do it on my own. Lord, I pray today that we'd know that you tell us if we... Uh, we just pray that you're, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, however your spirit might move within our hearts today, I pray that we'd be doers of your word and follow you wherever you lead. I pray that we'd turn our eyes upon you and the things of the world would just grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and the light of your grace. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.